From Houston, deep in the heart of Texas, this is Radio Rotary. Hi everyone, this is Kathy Kruger. And this is Dave Kruger. And welcome to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Today we are coming to you from Rotary's International Convention in Houston, Texas. And we'll be talking with Rotarians from all over the world about Rotary's service to humanity. And here we are at our convention center and we will be speaking with Tim Nelson. He is the Chief Executive Officer of Hope for Justice. Tim, please tell us, what is Hope for Justice? Well, Hope for Justice is an anti-human trafficking charity that now works across eight countries internationally, partners with Rotary. For myself, I got involved because I was in Los Angeles on business, went out for dinner, and a friend of mine introduced me to a chap who introduced himself as a slave hunter. I'd never heard of it. He was on the phone to Condoleezza Rice, who was working for the Bush administration, and he was arguing about the downgrading of India on the human trafficking register. He'd been in Mumbai the week before in 2007 and seen girls in cages being shipped all over India. And his challenge to me was, maybe you could do something about this, or maybe if you don't do something about this, more people will be held against their will. So I came back to the UK, where I'm from, spoke with a, a load of people that I would know, and a group of us came together to find Hope for Justice 14 years ago. Our first area that we started working in was in the area where I live, in West Yorkshire. And when we started, we took on the former divisional commander in the Metropolitan Police to come and work for us in that area. To put it in context, the entire police force across England and Wales had rescued 88 individuals under an operation called Pentameter One. And we started up as an NGO startup wanting to desperately believe we could rescue people. And in our first year, we rescued 110 individuals from modern day slavery. The youngest, just three months old, trafficked for sexual exploitation. We uncovered uh, a bed manufacturer that were making beds for two of the largest retailers in the UK, where we had 33 Hungarian nationals that were beaten and starved within an inch of their life forced to work to make beds in the supply chain of major multinationals and it hit the headlines. So we agreed with the police and crime commissioner in that area that we would do three things. First, we would train all law enforcement in that area. So we trained 4,800 police officers in for half a day training in groups of 50. It took two and a half months to go through. We set up the first network of its type to plug the gaps where people were falling through the net. And the third thing that we did is we formed a, a partnership so we could work on all intelligence sharing. Off the back of that, in that area, we saw rescue rates go up by 190% in the next year. So if I fast forward to where we are today in the UK, we, we work with over 60% of the police authority. We then set up a division to work with businesses to help them with their supply chains. And in the UK alone, we work with over 100 major multinationals across the board. Okay, Tim, that's really impressive work and you are here as part of the Rotary Action Group Against Slavery booth here at the Rotary International Convention in Houston. What can local Rotary clubs do around the world in their communities? We're so thrilled to be partnering with Rotary and we've got a major project that we're working on with the Kiso district in Uganda where we have about 100 staff and we're working on community prevention. But the first thing I would say is if you imagine that this was your son or your daughter you would do something about this and the reality is they are someone's son, they are someone's daughter. And by partnering as Rotary Clubs, you can use your time, your treasure and your talent to make a significant difference in the lives of those that are the least, the last and the lost. Those individuals who desperately, desperately tonight will be going to bed crying out to a God to help them. Fundamentally, you can step in and be the freedom that they need. So I would encourage all Rotary groups to get involved with the Rotary's Action Group Against Slavery. Now in 61 different countries, we've got individuals on board. We're looking to try and mobilize a group of people who wouldn't just allow this to happen, but would say on their watch that they want to see freedom declared across the world. Very good, Tim. And could you give us your contact information if people would like to know more? Yes, certainly. 
go to our website, hopeforjustice.org. That's hopeforjustice.org. You can email me, tim at hopeforjustice.org. Our team now are working across many different countries, and in the United States alone, we're in seven states now in terms of what we're doing, and we're seeing hundreds of thousands of people being impacted by our program, men, women, and children across everything that we're doing. Do you take donations also for your work? We definitely do, and and fundamentally what we've done hasn't been built on the back of people giving million-dollar donations as much as if there's anyone listening, and I would tell you don't fight that urge if you want to give it to Hope for Justice, that's great. It's by people giving the small amounts, those individuals getting passionate enough to say, I don't want this for my community, I don't want this for any community across the world, because the UN Sustainable Development Goal 8.7 is that by 2030 we could imagine that slavery wouldn't exist in businesses, that businesses themselves would clear their supply chains of any form of forced labour. And I just believe that when you get Rotarians, where there are 1.4 million of you across the world, and you start to maybe shake people off their blessed assurance to the point where they can reach out and do more, then we have the power to change the world. And people always tell us what we're trying to do is impossible. But I choose to greet that with the words that Muhammad Ali said, that impossible is just a big word thrown around by small-minded men who find it easier to live in a world they've been given than the power they have to change it. That impossible is nothing. Impossible is a dare. And today I'm daring you, daring your club, daring your region to get involved because when you stand up on this issue, it makes a significant difference to the lives of men, women and children who just need to find freedom. So Tim, you had mentioned too, there are many types of human trafficking. It's more than just domestic slavery. Uh, What other kinds had you mentioned? So across what is now known as modern day slavery, there are five core times. There's sexual exploitation, those people who are held in brothels and forced to service primarily men after man. There is alongside that, there is labor trafficking. Those people are forced to work in businesses. An example of that would be just a quarry we went to in India where there were 30,000 families who are debt bonded to the quarry. The third area we see is domestic slavery. The longest serving person we have rescued, we rescued in Los Angeles. She'd been held for 31 years as a domestic slave, not allowed to leave, got sick, went to the hospital, spoke a rare form of Filipino. The nurse spoke a rare form of Filipino. We trained her, she knew what to see. The next day we saw her walking free. The fourth time is where we see organ harvesting. This only occurs in areas where organ donation schemes don't happen, but it does happen. Men, women and children are are brutally abused, organs taken and given to someone else for profit. And the fifth type is forced marriage. And we're seeing this across the world in various different communities. And we want to try and have everyone stand up against this modern day slavery because, you know, we thought with Lincoln that actually slavery was abolished. But the reality is it's a modern day slavery and we all need to do something to make a difference. Thank you, Tim, for all you're doing for the people to end it, what you're doing to fight slavery. It's, it's just amazing. We'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Houston, Texas, after these important messages. Deep in the heart of Texas. At this point, we all know of people who have died of a drug overdose. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of MHA of Dutchess County. MHA has a wide array of recovery programs, and they are all at little to no cost. We provide all levels of residential addiction treatment from detox to rehabilitation to long-stay sober housing. Prevention is a vital step in reducing addiction and overdose deaths. MHA is partnering with the Mark Foundation and Gold's Gym, LaGrange, to build an overdose memorial, which will be located on the LaGrange Gold's Gym property. This memorial will 
be a beautiful park-like setting. At this site, you will be able to memorialize anyone you lost to overdose by placing a lock on a fence or purchasing an engraved brick with the message of your choice that will welcome people to this spot. The memorial will highlight just how important it is to get treatment. If you would like to support this project or purchase a brick with your special message or loved one's name, please visit the MHA website at mhaduchess.org. That's mhaduchess.org. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111, 338-9111, or normanstaffing.com. You're listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM. And there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. Salisbury Bank is your friendly hometown bank with 14 branches throughout the tri-state area. Salisbury Bank offers personal and business banking, mortgages, and commercial loans. Salisbury Bank is your local community bank with local decision-making and high service. Your local bank for all of your local needs. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, because where you bank matters. Welcome back. We're here again at the Rotary International Convention in Houston, and we're with Rich Lally, who's in charge of Operation Warren. I understand this is not your first interview with us, Rich. No, I've been on your radio station two times over the last 10 years. We remember it well. Kathy, you had a question for Rich? Yeah, Rich, what exactly is Operation Warm? And I know our District 7210 is involved in it, too, so if you want to make a plug out for a couple of the clubs you know. But tell us a little bit about what Operation Warm is and how we can help kids. Oh, sure. So Operation Warm is a nonprofit organization that was founded by a Rotary Club in suburban Philadelphia, the Rotary Club of Longwood. It meets at Longwood Gardens in Kennett Square. 23 years ago, when our founder, a guy named Dick Sanford, was driving one morning and he saw some kids at a bus stop. It was the first day it snowed in December of that year and these kids didn't have any coats on. And it, he couldn't understand how could kids be, little kids, not big kids, they don't wear coats all the time. I know. These kids are at the bus stop and they're not wearing coats and it's snowing and he can't understand how this could be. It's a very wealthy community. He goes to his Rotary Club, talks to the superintendent of the school district and he goes, Dick, you wouldn't believe it. We've got all these kids, they're, they're, they're children of these migrant farmers that work around here, and these people can't afford anything. They get paid nothing. Dick couldn't understand it, so he went to the local department store and bought 58 coats, which was every coat they had, organized some Rotarians and members from his ch- friends from church to go over and give the coats to the kids. Kids were lovely, they loved it, they're smiling. The parents were crying. They couldn't believe this guy would do that. So the club did a project the next year, and then the district did a project the next year, and then Dick said, this is way bigger than I can do through this Rotary Club, and he started a 501c3 nonprofit. You know, that happens a lot with Rotary projects. And hired somebody he knew who knew how to write grants, and, you know, started getting some foundation money that came in. So that was in 1998. We did 23 coats that year. Last year, we did 530,000 coats all over the United States and Canada working with Rotary Clubs, other service clubs, local churches, governmental agencies, nonprofit organizations, Salvation Armies, companies like FedEx and Abercrombie and & Fitch and TJX, and the list just goes on and on and on. We have about 1,500 partners that work with us every year, and we get coats, and now we're doing shoes as well. 
And so, these coats are, we're standing here in this booth and they are absolutely beautiful. I mean, brand so, new. And, and Rich, you were uh, mentioning some local clubs in the Hudson Valley that you work with? Yes, we've been working with the Fish Kill Club for, I think, um, over 10 years. I don't remember when I first met Skip Rotkamp, yeah. um, but it may have been at a zone institute in um, Albany. Uh, in probably 2010 and since he loved the project and he took it on and then since then a number of clubs in your district um, I think it's Warwick Valley mm -hmm. is that how I say it yep. um, and there's a number of other clubs I believe as well that have been participating in this getting somewhere between you know 50 and 300 coats and distributing it in their community through the local schools or other nonprofits. And let's not forget, you mentioned shoes. Tell us about the shoes. So a year and a half ago, we decided to um, uh, put shoes into our program. We had some calls from some of our corporate partners who wanted to do something with us in the spring. They loved, their employees loved going to the schools and giving coats to kids. They wanted to do that in the spring. Coats don't make as much sense in the spring. so we And then we started talking to schools and seeing what should we be doing. And we kept hearing this word, shoes. Shoes is a big problem and no one's doing it. So we started doing shoes. We're now doing it for younger kids, ages 2 to about 3rd grade. And, you know, Rotary Clubs can get shoes for us for $15 a pair. They're, they come in six really bright, fun colors. And um, you give them to the kids and they love them just as much as they love the coats. And we know we love them because I'm standing here, and I wish our listeners could see this. There are some really cute thank you notes from the kids that are on the table, so they do appreciate these shoes. And also, Rich, I see a book here on the table. Is that describing the history of your program, the Operation Warm? Yeah, this picture book actually is pictures. It's our kind of yearbook that we do every year, so that was the yearbook from 2018 and 19. And we've got a, a page that's open that's showing some Rotary Club projects. We have Rotary Clubs all over the United States that, that work with us, and that's why we're here contact information. If, if a Rotary Club wants to get involved, how do they get involved with you? So our website is easy. It's operationwarm.org. And if you go on that uh, site, you'll see a drop-down menu for get involved and your community partner. And right there, there's then a, a page that briefly describes how to work with us and then a simple form to fill out, which will then get us to contact you and see what your questions are and help facilitate you starting your program. Great, and I assume you also work with local school districts and churches and other civic groups? Absolutely. We work with a lot of churches. There's a number of school districts that have funding through their foundations or other people that are supporting them philanthropically, and they'll get coats from us. Um, any, you know, We need two things to get a coat or a pair of shoes to a child. We need somebody to fund them, and we need somebody who's an organization that's serving children from low-income families. And you mentioned the price of the shoes. What were the prices of the coats? So the coats are $22 for a children's coat and $25 for an adult-sized coats. Um, we need adult-sized coats even though we're focused on children because, you know, there's fifth and sixth graders that need an adult large. There's eighth graders that need adult double XL or even larger. And Double XL is as large as we go, but that's pretty good size coat. Great. Well, thank you very much, Rich. Can you tell us your contact information one more time, please? So our website is operationwarm.org, and you can email me directly at r, that's for Rich, r, lally, that's L-A-L-L-E-Y, just like valley, only starting with an L, at operationwarm.org. Great. Thank you so much, Rich, and congratulations on the success of your program. Thank you very much. It's great to see you guys, yep. and say hi to Skip for me. Oh, okay. we will. <laughs> Keep up the good work, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Houston, Texas, after these important messages. Deep in the heart of Texas. 
Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website, aarauctions.com, is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to AAR Auctions. Tell your friends about us and please come back often. That's AARauctions.com. You're listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM. And there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. Hi, I'm Rotarian Susan Simon of Third Eye Associates. Rotarians devote themselves to caring for others. Sometimes we forget to care for ourselves, especially when it comes to planning for our future. At Third Eye Associates, we provide fee-only financial life planning, financial transition planning, and wealth management strategies to help you integrate your life and your money. ThirdEyeAssociates.com for more information or call us at 845-752-2216. That's 845-752-2216. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. We're still here in Houston at the Rotary International 2022 convention in Houston. And we are speaking with members of the Rotary LGBT Plus Fellowship Group. And we would like to say hello to Michelle Wilson and to Grant Sam Godino. Tell us what your group does. Michelle, you're the current president. I'm the immediate past, past president. president. Okay. Um, and I helped start the group. Um, basically, our group is a, a, a place where Rotarians can meet with other Rotarians who have something in common and know that they're welcome in Rotary. Um, and people can be part of our fellowship, and it doesn't take away from their um, experience in the club. It just makes them feel more welcome. And Grant, anything to add to what Michelle just said? No, no, Michelle's wrapped that up really well. I think I think it's all about friendship for us. It's about making sure that LGBT plus people and their allies have a safe space in Rotary where they can connect with, with others. When did your group start? And about five years ago. Okay. Um, at the Georgia convention um, is where we first had the conversation about it, and people had interest. Um, and during that year, we put together bylaws. Um, we put together bylaws and created the fellowship. And the following year, it got approved. How many districts have have groups? Do you know how many districts have LGBT? No. Basically, um, if people want to do LGBT work in their area, yes. they just they join us and they kind of connect with us. We put together resources and provide resources. And sometimes we take resources that other people have put together and share them on our site. The goal is for clubs and districts to have tools when they want to do LGBT work. What kind of tools are those? Sorry to put you on the spot. Oh, no, you're good. Um, so we, I mean, we have brochures, we have signage, um, we have an assessment for a DEI that people can go in and take. And it's more of a thought process. So it takes you through all the different parts of Rotary, even like the forms we use. And in that process, have we thought about DEI? What, I'm sorry, DEI? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, and I is like that, that. Is that part of our structure? Okay, and Michelle, what can local Rotary districts do, and what kind of issues have you run into in distributing this message? What local districts can do is just raise awareness that even if they just talk about the fellowship, it raises awareness that it's okay to be LGBT in Rotary and that LGBT people are welcome. 
and set up at district conferences and talk about diversity. As far as issues, I feel like sometimes there's misunderstandings about why we're here, and we're not here to try to push any kind of agenda. We're just here to build friendships and to, to allow Rotarians to bring their entire selves to their service work without feeling like they have to hide part of themselves in order to be part of it. How many members do you think you have increased by over the years? Well, right now we only have about 250 members. Okay. We have not advertised at all. So the, the membership is simply people who have looked us up. And we're hoping that as more and more people learn about us, that we'll have more people join. And, and we'll have little branches all around the world. I mean, we, we are all around the world. We should have a lot more because 250 is not a lot. Yeah. And Michelle, how would people contact you if they wanted more information? So our website is rotarylgbt.org and they can get on there and, and contact us and get the, all of the tools that we have as well and join and buy a pen we have a beautiful heart pen with a rainbow on it so and grant anything you'd like to add michelle's been doing a great job of background but anything else you'd like to talk about the group's future just that anybody's welcome to join us we're, we're really we're really happy to be a space where people can connect and, and be involved and meet with like-minded people Everybody yes. can join. You do yes. not have to be an LGBT person. Oh. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about passing the test. You do not. <laughs> there's there's no, no test. test. Right. No, no. If anybody was a little bit shy about joining this group, how would you have them overcome that shyness? They can be as involved as they want to be. Sometimes having just something pop up in your inbox is enough to make you feel welcome and safe. If you want your name on the membership directory so other people can contact you, you can choose to do that or not. If you want to come to an event, you can choose to do that or not. So I would say that anybody can be involved and be involved at the level that they want to be. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Michelle Wilson and Grant Godino from the LGBT Plus Fellowship Group here at the Rotary International Convention in Houston. We'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Houston, Texas after these important messages. Deep in the heart of Texas Hi, I'm Krista Hines, Executive Director of Hudson River Housing, a local nonprofit dedicated to helping communities in the Mid-Hudson Valley thrive. We believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to live in safe and affordable housing. No matter what your housing concern may be, you can count on us for assistance. Maybe you're looking to buy your first home and don't know where to start, or possibly seeking an affordable apartment to rent for you and your family. Or perhaps you found yourself in need of safe and supportive shelter with a compassionate team committed to helping you overcome the challenges of homelessness. We're here to help every step of the way. Please visit us online at HudsonRiverHousing.org or call us today at 845-454-5176. Again, that number, 845-454-5176. You're listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM. And there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. I'm Meg Mullins from the Mark Foundation, supporting the Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Community. Our mission is to raise money for prevention of and recovery from substance misuse. The Overdose Awareness Memorial, created by the Mark Foundation and Mental Health America, will honor those who lost their lives to a substance use disorder. Located behind Gold's Gym in LaGrange, beside the Dutchess County Rail 
trail, it'll be a garden for reflection about the toll that substance misuse takes from our community. The memorial will feature a chain link fence where individuals can place a padlock to honor a loved one lost to addiction. The landscape garden will include a bench for seated reflection, sitting on a plaza of memorial bricks dedicated by those concerned about substance use disorder. Visit our website, mark-foundation.org, to learn more about how to donate a memorial brick for the plaza. From Houston, the Rotary International Convention 2022, this is Dave Kruger. And this is Kathy Kruger. And we are here with Jenny Andrews from Malaria Partners International, and she's going to tell us about all the wonderful work they are doing. Welcome, Jenny. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, Malaria Partners International is really excited to be here at the Rotary International Convention because we are an organization that was founded and is currently run by Rotarians. And the whole idea behind this effort is to engage Rotarians in a global effort to eliminate malaria, much as we have done with polio. Um, and we, we really believe that this is something that Rotarians, when they take on, will be successful at eliminating this disease. Tell us a little bit. I've got some statistics here, but it's better to hear it from you. Just how many cases of malaria were in 2021 and how many children did die from it? Yes, it's a startling statistic, actually, because uh, malaria cases were actually up in 2021 due, of course, to COVID and the inability for community health workers to get out and diagnose and treat people. So there were 267 million cases of malaria in 2021, and over 600,000 people died of malaria. Most of those are children under the age of five or pregnant women both of whom are very susceptible to malaria because malaria causes um, a loss of red blood cells and that that anemia really impacts the little ones and the pregnant moms. The other thing that you're working on are grants. Tell us about the grants that you're doing because we need money for research. We need money to get the medication out. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that question because Malaria Partners International has uh, a couple of different ways that we're working in grants. We run a small grant program so that Rotary Clubs from anywhere in the world can apply to us using our website and all of the information that the club would need is on the website. So they can go to the website, which is www.malariapartners.org, and look at the, all the information on the website. Then they can apply for funding for a project that they are doing in their own community. So they design the project, they implement it, we help fund it, and we do expect, just like Rotary would, that we would get a report on all of the data and how that comes together. The really cool thing is that we provide at least somewhere between $3,000 and $5,000 for these small grant programs, but that funding is matched by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So that brings the project uh, budget up to six to ten thousand dollars. So it can be, it can have a huge impact on these smaller communities. We also are involved in a lot of global grants, and we're involved in one right now in uh, Uganda, where we will be training a large number of village health teams or community health workers to get out to diagnose and treat malaria right in their own communities so that when a little child comes down with malaria, 
the mom no longer has to put that child on her back and walk 15 miles to the nearest health clinic. They can be tested and treated right in their own home. Let me tell you, as a nurse, that's the world. That is just wonderful. Yeah. The other thing I, I was going to ask is what we have mapped out in polio to find places where polio exists. Are you using the same type of structure as we did for polio for finding malaria um, victims? That is a great question, Kathy, and the, it is um, absolutely essential. Uh, we're building what we do based on that infrastructure that was built in the polio campaigns. And the, the polio and malaria are two very different diseases, so it doesn't align perfectly, but the foundation that was built for polio has been a wonderful bedrock on which we have built these different systems for malaria. And one thing I, I really wanted to share uh, that we are super excited about is in 2019, Rotary launched what they're calling programs of scale and they allocated $2 million to scale up a global grant project that had already been proven successful. So this scale up, a lot of people applied, I think 71 Rotary Clubs from around the world applied for that. And through a large, long vetting process, we were selected as the recipient of the Programs of Scale grant. So that was very exciting, but the really exciting part of it is that Malaria Partners International was able to bring in two additional funders, both of whom matched Rotary's $2 million. So we now have a $6 million project that we're working on in Zambia to train 2,500 community health workers who will test and treat people from malaria right in their own communities. Wonderful work, Jenny, and we're so pleased to have had a chance to speak with you and to get the word out. Now, how do people find out more? How do people contact you so they can learn more about the project? One more time, yeah. <laughs> you can find our website at www.malariapartnersinternational.org or you can reach out to me personally at Jenny dot andrews at malariapartners.org. Thank you for sharing your information about the malaria efforts. Our thanks to the great folks at the Rotary International Press Office, Chanel Williams and Vivian Fiore, for all of their assistance. Our segment editor, Jonah Trebwasser, and production director, Randy Turner, for doing the technical production on this show. For my co-host, Kathy Kruger, this is Dave Kruger thanking you for tuning in and reminding you to join us again at the same time next week for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotaryNow.org. So, so long, long from, from Houston. Houston. Deep in the heart of Texas.